0: So my name is John Alley. I think I know most of most of you in here. Um, and Nathan asked me to teach several weeks ago on the chapter entitled Materialism. And I was like, Why is Nathan asking me to teach on materialism? I mean, <laughs> maybe he sees the cars I drive and think John's not materialistic. Look at those little clunkers he drives. <laughs> I don't know, right? <laughs> right? No really uh, reasons at all. Yeah. <laughs> <know. laughs> What's he think? Um, but. Uh, uh, Nathan mentioned when he was teaching on worldliness, um, he gave an illustration of how uh you know sometimes he'll be, he'll be he'll be driving in the car and he'll see he'll see that nice Corvette, right? Did they oh, yeah. say Corvette? Corvette, oh, yeah. is that, is I love that your it. Car, right? Corvette. Oh, yeah. it's just cool looking right. cars. Now, I'm sitting there and I'm sitting right over there where the Gregors are sitting, and uh and I was thinking, Corvette? What's a Corvette? a piece of junk. I'm a Corvette. But then, of course, what you got to realize is that almost all of us are materialistic there's something we want right there's there's something i want too with me it's not corvettes with me (laughs) i'm driving down the road and i see that sweet ride that 2018 honda odyssey minivan yeah yeah. (laughs) look at that thing i would be a cool dad you know driving that minivan pull up the stoplight you know hey kids Got some screens in the back. Y'all watch a movie, you know? we got three minutes before we get to church. <laughs> the Honda Odyssey minivan. One of these days, you know, the doors open automatically, you know? They don't squeak when they open, you know? So, yeah, we, we've all got our weaknesses, Nathan. <laughs> May not be Corvettes, but there's something. But, uh, so, uh, materialism, before I get into... That's, that's for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so before I, uh, <laughs> I could. I really did. I was like, I'm gonna look up a Corvette just for Nathan. Um Now I don't think Nathan's materialistic. I think Nathan realizes, you know, <laughs> he's got a seminary degree. He's not driving one of these things. And, I mean, you know, maybe he'll be a mega church pastor one day, but probably that's not going to be happening. I don't. I don't think he struggles with that for real. Um, but uh, here uh, in in uh in the usa we all do face this we know this yes um and so I, I hope that i can just give us some things to think about right we we know we know this is a this is the problem we know this is an issue um a couple things i went and looked up um <clears throat> a few things i want to see what the world right We're talking about worldliness Well, what's the world have to say about materialism and and there are secular websites that talk about materialism and and the things um uh and, and it was all kind con- wow there's there was a lot um just a couple things i thought it was interesting um if you have i don't know how they come up with this but four thousand and twenty one dollars in total assets the value of your house your car your clothes your phone everything all put together i mean we got like you know a quarter of that just in our phone just about um all i put together you are above 50 percent of the rest of the world i mean that's that's amazing i mean we can you know 4000 that's all you need. And you're, you're better than 50% of the world right there. Um, if, uh, if you make minimum wage here in the USA, you're in the top 7.8% of wage earners worldwide. You make minimum wage. I was like, man, minimum wage. Whew. Um, the top 7.8%. But yet, now and I thought this was interesting too. Um, here in the USA, if, if your assets total $100,000, and that's not true for a lot of people, uh, but for some people, 100,000, you know, your house and your car, um, you're in the top 9%, which kind of tells me here in USA we've got a little bit of a spending problem because, you know, if our income is that low and we top 7.8%, but our assets, that seems to be a lot, and we're only in top 9%, we've been spending our money on something. Um, and so that was, that was just an interesting thing. Real fast, again, before we start, um, I went and looked up, you know, what is, um, what's materialism to somebody who's not a Christian? And so uh, I wrote down uh, one website, really good one. I uh, had top 12 things. If you always need the latest product, you're probably, you know, a bit materialistic. If you, uh, all right, hold on, I'm getting old, I gotta have glasses. Uh, if you're concerned about what people think of you all the time, oh man, you should see that in a public high school. <laughs> I mean, kids walk in my classroom and they are. <laughs> you know and they're walking and you know you got boys walking a certain way and amazing um if you value the brand and not the product you are materialistic right you you like that you like that little symbol right that little symbol on your shirt or on your pants or on your shoes You you value the brand um not the product if you buy things that you don't end up using you're probably materialistic right some people do that right uh you know you got clothes in your closet that still got the tag on them you know you might be materialistic I have clothes in my closet that probably need to be thrown out but anyway that's uh that's a different issue <laughs> stop it Carolina <laughs> um if you are on social media just to get views and likes now this is not I realize people make a living on getting more views but you're just on there it just feels good you know Get that like button, you know, click that like button. Oh, I got 25 likes on that post. That's amazing. Um, if you uh, do things just because you want to fit in with other people, if you're competitive about owning things, I know, keeping up with the Joneses, but, you know, you see somebody else, you're like, oh, man, I got to get that. That's better. If you're competitive about owning things. Um, you put high importance on possessions. Um, you know, if you leave, you leave the house and and, and you forget your phone and you're like, oh, oh man, oh, you know, you feel antsy, Right. You know, has it happened to you? Maybe I do it if I leave without my keys. I can't leave without my keys because then I think I'm gonna get locked out. Um, if you, uh, if your possessions define you, if you can't be caught, you know, if you get caught at the wrong uh, store in the mall or the wrong restaurant, you're kind of embarrassed. So I hope they don't see me in here and country cooking. You know, I think I'm kind of running, <laughs> right. You know, if you get caught in the wrong restaurant. Again, not me. I'll eat that country cooking. That's good. Um, uh, overly concerned with money we want to talk about money all the time uh success equals what you can buy or if whatever you get's never enough and that, that would be the world's definition of materialism and most of you are probably sitting there going okay you know that's not really me you know that's not a thing but i think we'll see um, as we get into it that god has a little bit different definition of materialism than we do if, if you guys will look at luke chapter 12 there are lots and lots of verses on this we're gonna we're gonna stick in luke 12 Um, the chapter, um, on worldliness, uh, on materialism and worldliness was written by a man named Dave Harvey. And this was kind of his main text, which I'm going to use. And he pointed out something interesting that soon as he pointed out, I'm like, oh man, it just clicked. I was like, yes, that's, I I see it now. Um, in Luke chapter 12, um, the context of this, we're going to start at verse 13 and you guys know the story, I'm just going to read real fast, just three verses, Verse 13, Luke 12 says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Verse 14, But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And then Jesus keeps going and tells a parable of the rich man, builds bigger barns. We know the story. Yes? Now, that story was a little strange to me growing up because you know if if uh you know your parents pass away and your brother's trying to keep all the inheritance for himself and not divide that seems a little unjust seems like you know maybe uh doesn't seem greedy to me i mean it's it's only fair that we divide the inheritance amongst you know all the children, of course, you know. My parents, they got five children. We're not going to get very much, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it seems fair, right? To you divide it up equally amongst the kids, and, and I know there's other cultural issues with the oldest and all that. But but it, it seemed like a fair thing. But when we look at the context of this, we realize Jesus got straight to the man's heart because watch this, and this is this is this is so so good, right? Um, so Jesus in chapter eleven has just finished just. Putting the beat down on the Pharisees. I mean, just going on about their hypocrisy, you know, with this and that. And in chapter 12, if you look at chapter 12, verse 1, it says, right, just right after he talked to the Pharisees, under these circumstances, after so many thousands of people had gathered together, they were stepping on one another, he began saying to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, right? And, he's, and so you got thousands of people. I mean, big crowd. I, mean, I can even imagine, you know, back then, just how many people, just everywhere, right? And and there was no deodorant back then or anything, and and uh, you know, and so you can just imagine what it's like there. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know why that thought I just popped in my head. That wasn't even in my notes, <laughs> anyway. So this happens when I teach at school. Also, stuff pops in my head, and my students are like, how did, where did you come up with that? I don't know. Okay, so uh, anyway. Jesus, so he he starts going on, and and some verse one through twelve. He gives this just inspiring speech. Look at verse four. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you to whom to fear. Fear the one who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Right? He's given an inspiring speech. He says uh, in verse eight, and I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the son of man will confess him before the angels of God. Son of man being, you know, telling them he's the Messiah. I mean, you know, he's giving this inspiring speech, and he's going on, you know, and the people are on the edge of their seats, and there's thousands of people around, and there's one guy, you know, in the back, Jesus, Jesus, right? And everybody's thinking, oh, he must have a deep theological question, right? Jesus, our brother's not giving me the inheritance. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this, right? But as a school teacher, I cannot tell you how many times I have taught just this amazing lesson on some Spanish verb, you know, and how to conjugate it. And some kid, Mr. Alley, and I'm thinking, yeah, he's got a good question. Yes, Billy, what do you need? Um, like, what do you think about Joe Biden being president? And I'm like, oh, come on, you know, I've just been teaching. That, that's what happened here, right? He just, just gave this just inspiring speech. He's confessed that he's the Messiah. He's telling them, you know, don't fear, you know, men who can kill the body, but fear God who can. And, and this guy comes in and uh, and, I, and I, can, I can, you know, I think Jesus had some tone when he talked to him. Who made me a judge? What, what? What are you talking about, man? How, why are you asking me that right now? Okay. Maybe, maybe Jesus didn't go that far. But, you know, who made me the judge or arbiter over you? Right? You can see Jesus probably had a little tone when he, when he asked that question. Um, you know, speaking a different language in English. But, but, you know, what, what in the world is question on a left field? Um, but then Jesus gets right to the heart. Then he said to them, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even one has an abundance. Does his life consist of his possessions? And man, you can imagine that guy just kind of shrinking down when he tells that parable of the rich man building his bigger barns right and and all the you know thousands of people are watching this guy, you know, and in Jesus who that would that would be an intense moment, you know and I, and I imagine you know maybe this guy became a follower later, maybe you know maybe he maybe he turned it around and, and I don't know, we never find out um after that um so um I want to uh so materialism is our topic here, um, and I want to ask you guys let's talk a little bit, what is materialism there probably will not there are wrong answers okay but probably not wrong answers you guys know but i want to get some different aspects because the definition i have here that that dave gave in the book do you somebody know who dave i didn't look up who's dave harvey is he some he's, talking, he, he's, on their staff. he's on their staff oh he's on their staff yeah. oh, okay all right That that dave harvey so dave's <laughs> definition was good but i want to get some more aspects what's materialism somebody talk to me talk to me now yes when things become more important than people things oh man right on yes is that what you're going to say, too? Or? No, I mean, hoarding up a bunch of stuff you don't use. Yeah, a bunch of stuff we don't use. Yes. A couple more. Just a couple more. Just just to get us thinking about it. Anybody? Get needs and wants mixed up. Ah, oh, get needs and wants mixed up. Yes. Good. Good. Um, So, Dave here, he said, in his definition, and, and it is a focus on, a trust in, what we can touch and possess. It is an unchecked desire for, dependence on, and stockpiling of stuff. Oh, whoops, I already missed my thing. All right, materialism. So there's our, there's our uh, definition right there. I didn't get, get quite... what. just um, saw my band there. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. I that? Yeah. So I, I try to pick out, you know, pictures that, you know, yeah, maybe, we, maybe we want the nice house or the, the coolest new phone or I realize it's an old phone, but whatever. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> Some of y'all know too much about your phones, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I, I tried to throw pictures up there. I got some books for you later, friend, don't worry. Um, but uh, it's a stock, you know, a stock pile of stuff that we don't need. Um, so good. Concerned more about stuff than people, right? Such a good one. Um, I, uh, I, I want you to contrast that with uh, a few years ago. Quick story here. Um, Carolina borrowed a minivan from Sue Cook um, to go... And uh, what are you doing? Going to pick up somebody from the airport in North Carolina? I up um, Frank's parents and my sister. Okay. All right. From Charlotte or? From Charlotte, Doris. Raleigh. Okay. All right. So, Caroline and Doris Hunter, they drive Sue Cook's minivan, she let them borrow because, I don't know, I guess our car too small. Anyway, so she drives down to pick up some people from the airport, um, and uh, she's driving back. It's late at night. Boom. Deer hits the car, right? She says the deer ran into her is what she they're says. Bored oh, they were four Oh, boy. Anyway. Yes, anyway. So... <laughs> Deer runs into the minivan. Boom! Smashes the headlight. Smashes the front corner of the minivan. And you guys, you know, we all know Sue Cook. You don't want to go bring Sue Cook bad news, right? That's not somebody you want to get on the wrong side of, if you if you if you know her, right? So, great lady, right? So, Carolina, you know, goes and you know, hey, Mrs. Cook, a deer hit the van, and uh, and uh, you know, and and uh, so Sue Cook, you know what her reaction was? Do you remember what she said? Yes, yes, I remember. Anyway, so you damaged God's band, band. right? That's amazing. Yeah, right. That's not right. But that's awesome. This lady understands what we have is from God. It's not hers, right? God gives us these things, you know, and didn't, you know, it was it was like it was nothing. So you damaged God's band, smile at her, you know. Didn't make us pay for it. Couldn't have anyway <laughs> um, at the time. <laughs> um, you damage God's van. I mean, is that is that our attitude when when things happen to us, right? Somebody parks next to you in the parking lot. You know, dings your car. So you damage God's Honda Civic, right? <laughs> Probably not, um, but uh, you know, just just think about that. It's just an amazing thing. Um, now. Uh, some people may think, "Well, I'm I'm poor. I don't have any money." You know, I'm new. i mean, Caroline and I we were newlyweds. You know, we didn't have anything. Um, my sister sent us a song by the Eagles on tape. You know, "Love Will Keep Us Alive," right? And, and she's like, "I always think of you guys when I hear that song, John, because y'all are living on love." And I'm like, Yeah, we're newlyweds. Didn't have anything, but um, you know, you think you can't be materialistic, but that's untrue. We can all be materialistic. Um, in fact. Um, if, if you don't have anything, you might be guilty of the corollary to materialism, and that is covetousness. covetousness. Yes, exactly right. Uh, yeah, almost the same thing. To covet is to – let's see. Is this my next – I don't know what my next slide is. I just kind of made these slides. I'm not really going by them, but what's – oh, yeah, okay, good. All right, so I did put that down. So uh, covetousness. Covetousness. Um, Now, I put this up here for me because I covet, you know, cool fruit trees and things I can grow up there. So, Um, Can't grow oranges here. I wish I could. Um, But covetousness, um, it's uh, to covet is to desire stuff too much or to desire too much stuff. I like that. To desire stuff too much or to desire too much stuff. Um, And then Dave uh, Harvey gave a great quote. Materialism is what happens when covetousness has cash to spend, right? Right. You're a covetous person. You got plenty of cash to spend. Now you're materialistic too. I thought that was that was pretty good. Pretty good definition there. Um, and so I want to go through. Um, there's um, the chapter mentioned four covetous chains that chains that bind our hearts to the world. So chain number. Oh yeah, cash to spend. So yeah, right. Money, cars, houses. I had to put up my own personal weakness, fruit trees. <laughs> There's a place up in uh, northern Virginia it's, it, that, that just sells plants to people that want to grow food in their yard. And my brother and I went there the first time. We're like, oh, this is like being a kid in the candy shop again. I want to buy so much stuff. Um, so that's, that's my weakness. Um, one, of the, one of the most angry times, you know, about 10 years ago, I bought this mulberry tree quick illustration here mulberry tree it was a stick it was this high little stick about that round went out in the yard dug a hole stuck it in there all right and uh plant it in the fall and you have to understand right you plant something in the fall which is by the way if you want to plant fruit trees best time um you plant it in the fall and it just sits there all winter it's a stick the entire you have to look at it for four months this stick it's nothing right you're like is it alive (laughs) i don't know right what's going on uh and in the spring you're like oh there's leaves this buddy yeah right and uh you know my my mulberry tree got you know leaves all i say mulberry tree mulberry bush i know but mulberry tree it's a tree um and it had leaves all the way up right and one day i went uh pulled out of my driveway about 10 o'clock in the morning went over to a friend's house had to do something with them came back two in the afternoon and i looked over and i'm like all the leaves were completely gone stripped off there's like two leaves at the top and two leaves at the bottom i was like No, the deer, and thus began my adversarial relationship for the next decade, culminating this morning when I chased a deer out of my yard. Um, But, right? I was, you know, I can't get angry about that. That's God's tree. The deer eat it. Now, that doesn't mean I don't fence it up still, but, um, you know, that's not something to get angry about. It's still just a thing. And I know, but that's my thing. That's my weakness. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. That's, I... I like those things. Um, So, um, four covetous chains that bind our heart to the world. Chain number one my stuff makes me happy. Is that big enough? Yeah, my stuff makes me happy. And you guys all have seen this. And, and again, right, I haven't gotten to any, any too convicting parts. We all know this. You all see this in your kids every Christmas morning, right? They open up the presents. Oh, my goodness. And if you get them every single thing they want, this is amazing. They're so happy. And two hours later, they're fighting over it and crying about something or the other, right? It doesn't make us happy. We're the same way. You know, we get the new car. We move into a house. You know, we're the same way. My stuff doesn't make us happy. Um, we know that. Number two, my stuff makes me important. This one's a little, uh, I, I think, for us adults, maybe a little more close to home, right? It makes me important. This is uh, the combination of pride with materialism, yeah? And here's the thing. Most of you are sitting thinking, oh, no, no, that's not me. Like, that's stuff that make me important. But ask your spouse or ask somebody else if you think your stuff makes you. you know why? Let me read you a little quote about pride. Um, one, of my, uh, one of my favorite authors is uh, C.S. Lewis, right? You know, Chronicles and Arneo we read. Well, C.S. Lewis um, had a great quote, and many of you have heard this, I know. Um, I believe it's from mere Christianity. There is no fault which makes a man more unpopular and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves. The more we have it uh, in ourselves, the more we dislike it in others. Ask a friend to point that out to you sometime, right? Pride, the more we have it, the more we don't even notice it in ourselves. And so this is an easy one. My stuff makes me important. I'm proud. Oh, yeah, look at this. You know, I'm a successful man. I've got a good job. Maybe your job is a materialistic thing that God needs to take away. Maybe it's your car. Maybe it's your house. I don't know what it is. Um, But my stuff makes me feel important. Next one. Uh, Number three, my stuff makes me secure. There it is right there. I think we've all come on. We've all thought that here in the USA. We're saving for retirement. My stuff makes me secure. Um, Randy Alcorn said, 95% of Christians who face the test of persecution pass it, while 95% who face the test of prosperity fail it. 95%. That means almost all of us. Um, My stuff makes me secure. Is that us? Is that you? Just rhetorical questions. Think about that. And then... uh, Number four, my stuff makes me rich. Um, <laughs> one of the things I like to do, I used to, I don't do it much anymore. But when I teach, um, one of the first things I would do, I would do a little, you know, I'd do some get-to-know-you activities, you know, get-to-know-the-students. And uh, one of the questions I'd ask was, I would say, are you rich, right? I am talking a classroom full of... American students in a fairly well-off school, right? This is not a country school, Brookville High School, where I teach. If you don't know that, I teach at Brookville High School, right? And nobody ever volunteers and says, "I'm rich." Not a single kid. You know, Mr. alley no, I'm not rich. Can I use my newest phone, Mr. Riley? Uh, no, I'm not rich. You know, they say with their Nike Air Jordans on. You know, i like, <laughs> I just laugh at him every time. I did one one year. This one kid goes, "Yep, I'm rich, Mr. Riley." I'm like. There's a one honest man in this classroom. One kid, the entire day. I taught six classes that day, and one kid, the whole day, said, Yeah, I'm rich. I'm like, I like that, Daniel. I still remember his name. I don't remember most students I taught his name, but I still remember that kid's name. Um, and uh, my stuff makes me rich. Here's another C.S. Lewis quote. Y'all like this one from The Weight of Glory. Our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half hearted creatures. Fooling about with drink, sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. My stuff makes me rich. Our stuff does nothing. We are we are we're playing with mud pies, right? All my pictures of houses and phones that oh, I got more coming later, don't worry. That is all mud pies in the slum. It's it's nothing. Our stuff does nothing. Um, I got a quote from uh from Jesus. You fool! This very night, your soul is required of you. And now, who will own what you have prepared? How about that quote? Direct and to the point, right? By the way, that's Luke uh, twelve twenty, I believe, is uh, the same passage. Um, so think about that next time you think my stuff makes me rich. Now, what's the what's the solution? Oh man, we got to hurry. Here we go. Um, solution number one. We'll see if I, yeah, we're well, good. I put that up there, right? Look at, look at, right? We got, we want the vacation, we want the jewelry, we want the books. That's me too, for it. I understand. Uh, the fashion, want to be cool, right? Um, so, uh, you know, what's the solution? Number one, consider your true riches. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. Don't need to turn there, I'll Read it. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Our true riches. Our true riches, um, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, how do we know our minds are on things above? How do we how do we value our true riches? John Piper says, um, think about for a moment what fills your minds when you dream about the future. Right? When you think about the future, what do you think about? You know, you're laying in bed at night. You know, are, are you thinking about that next thing you're gonna buy? All right, you thinking about that? 2019 Honda Odyssey, just 75,000 miles on it, you know, automatic doors, screen in the back for the kids, you know, what are you thinking about? Or um, are you thinking about how you can maximize your influence on people, right? Are you thinking about how you can bless other people? Are you thinking about ways um, we can bless, you know, missionaries, bless our pastor, bless the church, you know, where is our mind? What are we thinking of? Um, So that's, that's one. Consider your true riches. Uh, Number two, if you find that you're not thinking of your true riches, confess and repent. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Confess and repent. We know that. We've heard that. Number three, express gratitude. Gratitude. Do do we express that? Do we express that to other people? Do we express that to our spouse? Um, Do we talk to our kids? You know, hey, God has blessed us with this. Um, You know, are we grateful? Are we grateful to God for what we have? Um, And then... It's the tough one for me. Give. I'm an alley. We don't like to give stuff away if you know my dad, right? <laughs> we, you know, there's alley and there's tight wads, and they're very close to each other, right? We, you know, we like to do that. Um, Dave, uh, Dave Harvey, the author of this chapter, said, When was the last time God was so big that you let go of a treasured possession to bless another person? Um, and, and he put that quote in, and right after it, he said, I just did that um, a couple weeks ago, and I'm still thinking about it now. It still hurts me, which tells me I've got a problem with this. <laughs> right? You think, oh, good job, Dave. You let go. But if you're still thinking about it, it still bothers you, you know, that means you still have a problem with it. Wow. Ooh. Okay. All right. It's getting real now, people. Um, so, uh Yeah couple final questions we have uh, and then we'll conclude um, what do you have that if destroyed today would take you eyes off God you know um, is it your your mulberry tree they had destroyed today? you take I took my eyes off God for a little bit there um, but what is it for you well, I don't know everybody's got something different what is it if somebody scratches your car is that what it is you know um, uh, you know somebody you know, my dad used to Oh, when he was a pastor here, people throw eggs at his house, right? Just kind of a joke or um, something like that. You know, what is it? I don't know what it is for you. What if it's destroyed? Um, what do you think about when dreaming of the future, which we just talked about that? Um, what's next big purchase you will make? How do you react if God says, no, you can't have that? How are you going to react to that? Um materialism at its heart breaks the first and greatest commandment love god with our heart soul and mind materialism is a heart issue we can be rich we are pretty much all of us i don't know maybe there's maybe a couple of you aren't but probably most of us are right i've been to a lot of your houses i've seen right i've seen your houses we're, pre- we're pretty well off i've seen the cars you drive i've seen the fact that we drive cars right we're all pretty well off some of you think no man i look at so and so he's you know Elon you know, musk is really rich Really? If you're in the top 7.9% and Elon's in the top 1%, he's only six percentage points above you. There's not much. <laughs> right? We're all up there. We're all up there together. Um, our hearts are idle factories. Anything that we love and hold on to more than God is sin. What is your most valuable possession? Think about it for a moment. What's your most valuable material possession? <clears throat> what would what would hurt you the most if it was taken away tomorrow? You know, just think about that. Um, uh, and, th- and the thing is, some of these things that can be taken away might be a necessity. I mean, we kind of need a car to drive to work. I understand that, you know. I technically could. Actually, I live pretty close to Brookville. I could probably run to work every day. But, um, you know, most of us do need a car to get to work every day. We, you know, there's certain things. Um, but how do we react? Do we look at that? Is that, you know, do we say, Carolina, you damaged God's ban, right? Is that, is that a reaction or is it something else? Um, Pastor Farrell. Uh, uh, several years ago, uh, he he said expository preaching can become an idol in and of itself. If we're too concerned with that, um, maybe uh, it, it's some other good thing. Maybe you have to have the John MacArthur Study Bible, right? You know, and, and and that's too much of a treasure possession. What the Word of God? Yes, the Word of God is something we should treasure, right? But is it, is it really? Are you treasuring the Lord of God or are you treasuring that cool leather cover on there, right? You know, and the big name on there. What is it that we treasure? Beware of your idols. Um, and even something uh, several years ago while I was teaching, uh, last illustration here, um, if, if your idol might be not possessing things. Um, I used to, uh, I had this pair of shoes that I wore when I taught at Timberlake Christian school. And I and I switched over to Brookville High School. And I kept I wore I wore the same pair of shoes from Target for 15 straight years. Those shoes were amazing, right? Love those things. Um, tar, Twenty dollars shoes from Target. I wore and my students would make fun of me, and it just got to be a thing. I had to keep wearing them because they made fun of me. So I just kept on wearing them. Um, but maybe that's your idol. Maybe you're just proud that you can wear the same shoes for 15 years. These are not the shoes. They're they're, they're your shoes. Um, you know. What is it? Our hearts are idle factories. So just consider that. As we look at our possessions, we look at our things. Is it taking our heart away from true riches, from what we have in Christ? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for um, Mr. Harvey, this chapter he wrote. Thank you for uh, Nathan uh, challenging us through this book, Worldliness. I pray that our hearts would be set on you, that we set on true riches and on things above and not on the things here in the earth. because. They're nothing but mud pies in the slum, Lord. And uh, give Pastor Phil wisdom as he preaches to us now. Praise things your name. Amen.